Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. Awesome. You guys enjoyed the ministry so far this morning from Mike and Courtney. It's been, the wardens are a blessing to our church and to the church. Um, thank you guys. Hey, I want to ask you, before I continue our series this morning, I want to ask you to pray for my wife and I this week. We are heading out on a faith journey. We leave in the morning to go to Colorado uh, with this crazy guy named DJ Bobby D. And uh, I don't know why God keeps doing this. I think he's stretching me, but pray for us that God provides as we go, because you know how Bobby D operates. God says go and he goes, but when you get there, you ask him, do we have the money to get back? Or, and he says no. And then that's where God um, is dealing with me. And so we're just believing for God to provide for the journey. I went with him months ago. I went to Washington, D.C. with him, and it was an adventure, but God's stretching me. And um, I I'm, I'm appreciate the opportunity to be able to go and do that. And so pray with us um, that God would uh, take care of us, that we'd be safe, that his truck would not break down like last time. That wasn't fun. And that God would provide for this journey, okay? And so we leave in the morning for Colorado. My wife is staying with me. It's our church that we were at in Pampa, Texas. We're going to their youth camp in Colorado with Bobby. And then my wife will be coming back with the kids. And I'm going on to Oklahoma to meet some people on the Seminole uh, Reservation there. And so just um, God's doing some connecting there. So pray for us this week, okay? I want to continue our series uh, called Rumble Strip. If you weren't here last week, we began a series. And I'll give you a little kind of synopsis in a minute of what that's about. But the title of this message this morning, if you're taking notes, is the gentle whisper. The gentle whisper. I have a question for you. Have you ever fallen out of bed? <clears throat> anybody ever do that? Does anybody like roll in the night? Do you want to be honest in church this morning? I see a couple of you. Thank you for your honesty. Um, but there's nothing like waking up to the rude awakening of hitting the tile or the, the ground below your bed. It's a rude awakening. And I think it can happen if you have um, something, nothing to keep you from falling. I'm guessing a lot of you don't have bunk beds with like um, the guard on the side like your toddler beds might have. Uh, it's, it's, it could happen where you would fall out of your bed and as soon as you hit that floor, you'll wake up. But kind of this entire this series is about the fact that fortunately we have something that God has put in place in our lives to wake us up before we fall. And that's, and that's kind of uh, the heart of this series. I want to read from Ephesians uh, 5 again. We talked about it last week, and this discusses our need to be woken up. How many of you have been reading Ephesians with us every day? Just curious. Anybody doing that? All right. These are the real Christians. Everyone look around. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But Ephesians 5, starting in verse 14, says, <laughs> that was messed up. Um, this is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this series, again, is called Rumble Strip. And we're discussing those little lines on the road as you're driving and you start to veer off the road. Have you ever hit those? And they're, they're they make a noise and you can feel them in your car, and they're called rumble strips. 
They let you know, hey, you're headed in the wrong direction. You're actually about to uh, go off the road. And you, you'll find that sometimes they're on the outside shoulder of the road to keep you from driving off a cliff. And other times they're in, in the median on a highway. Have you ever hit those in the median? And those are actually to keep you from going into oncoming traffic. So you have some on the inside and some on the outside. And the same goes with life. I believe God has given us some rumble strips on the inside and some on the outside. Next week I want to discuss outside rumble strips. This week I want to talk about the inside rumble strips that God has given us because I believe that the kind of the the message uh, the if you're going to put this whole message into one sentence it's this uh, rumble strips are important because the best protection is early detection the best protection is early detection so God has given us inside rumble strips I remember when I was a teenager I went skiing for the first time I was with a friend this is the only time I've ever been skiing let me just say that because um, you'll see why in a minute Sorry, that's gross. Um, but I went skiing for the first time with a friend, and I did not know how to ski. And I went along with him, and, and he said, oh, it's so easy. I'll show you. And so I said, okay. And my parents let me go. I don't know uh, what they were thinking, but I'm, just, I'm not blaming you, mom and dad. It's okay. Um, but I'm just kidding. But we got there, and we, we went down the bunny hill. And if you've been skiing, you know, the bunny hill is very slight grade. You know, you just cruise. You, you can control your speed very easily. And so... After going down the bunny hill once, uh, I thought to myself, I've got this. This is easy. I know how to turn a little bit. Uh, I didn't go too fast. I didn't fall once. I'm a pretty much a pro. And so my friend said, well, do you want to try a harder hill? And I said, yes, let's do this. And so uh, we went up the ski lift and we went down. I think, I don't know, I've only been once, but I think it was a green hill, which is like the first, the lowest step, right? I don't know. Does anybody know skiing? Um, and so we went to this green hill, and I'm going down, and I quickly realized this is not the bunny hill. Like, this is a little different. Uh, I didn't really have any strategies to slow down other than my friend told me, just put the front of your skis together. And so I was trying that, and it slightly slowed me down, but the grade of this hill was pretty, pretty good, and it was very crowded on this hill. And so I could not slow down. It didn't occur to me to fall because that would have been an easy way to stop. But I just, I'm cruising down this hill trying not to kill anybody going between them. And I came to this point where there was this like median in the middle of the hill. And on this side, there was like 20 people. It was crowded on this side. I was going to take somebody out. But on this side, there was nobody. There was nobody over here. Open hill. And so I thought to myself, this is perfect. I'm just going to cruise right over this side, and I'm going to move along down the hill. What I didn't realize is there should have been a sign here that said, caution, um, extremely steep or something, but there was no sign there. And as soon as I went to the left, I saw over the hill, and I realized why everybody had gone to the right. And I went flying down this hill. Um, I ended up hitting a tree uh, thought I broke my, knocked the wind out of me, okay? I, I thought I broke my back or my neck. I, I crawled out of this ditch under the tree. I can see the sympathy on your faces right now, all those smiles, I can tell. Um, the tree is okay, thank goodness. But I laid there. They, they didn't want me to move because they thought maybe I broke my back. I ended up, while laying there, waiting for an ambulance to come. I got hypothermia in the snow, um, they, brought, they skied a stretcher over to me and chained my neck and everything up on a stretcher uh, and skied me down the mountain on a stretcher. This was like the coolest moment of my life. I'm telling you, my street cred went up immensely that day. But the truth is, all that really happened that day is I got to the hospital, I took some x-rays, everything was fine except for I broke my arm. 
And I'm, while I'm so thankful for the doctors who were able to reset my arm, it would have been better if I had had early detection that could have prevented me from breaking anything at all. And in life, we make choices and we go down roads that I think we'd be better off rather than even going down that road if first we would have early detection to keep us from making the wrong choices. And so that's kind of the synopsis of this this series as a whole. I think often we pray for deliverance when we should actually realize that we really need discipline. If we had had discipline, we wouldn't need the deliverance that we need. If we had made better choices up front and had these early um, rumble strips, these detections, then we wouldn't have so many regrets in our life. Because I bet you this morning, if I asked you how many of you have things you regret in your life, you would all raise your hand. If not, then you're lying. But you would probably all have something that you regret in your life. And I think we would all agree that early detection that would have kept you from heading in that direction would have been wise. And so I think it's important that we, we listen to God when he speaks because he's placed these rumble strips into our lives and some of them, like I said, external, which we're going to talk about next time, and some of them internal. And what I mean by that is your conscience. God has given you a conscience. He's given you an internal rumble strip. Uh, it's, it's built into all of us and we've all felt it. You know that little voice that says, no, 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 don't do that. But you do it anyways. You know that little voice that you, that you ignored and then you got yourself into trouble and then you needed deliverance out of the situation? That voice is built into every single one of us. is called your conscience. It's hardwired into you. In Romans, Paul, he makes a case for God by discussing first nature. He says when you look around and you see evidence in creation, you know there's a God. He's saying when you watch the sunset or when you watch the rain and the lightning and you hear the thunder, that's basically God saying, that right there, that's me. I'm showing myself to you. And then he goes into also um, another thing, an evidence for God is this, this voice that you hear in your conscience, this internal thing. Um, when you come to a decision between right and wrong, humans are created with a conscience where other animals are not. Animals don't feel the way humans feel about decisions of right and wrong. Uh, if you don't believe me, uh, I'm going to tell you something kind of graphic. If you watch National Geographic, you may know this, but when a, a lion takes over a new pride, they first eat the cubs. They don't care. We care because we're like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. That's not right. But animals don't feel that same way about things. We feel deeply about things that, that animals don't. In Romans 2.15, it says, they show that the requirement of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times defending them. You see, your conscience is a quiet voice, a quiet whisper that we all hear. You have it, all of us have it. First uh, Kings 19.12 calls it a gentle whisper. It says, it, it's a story about Elijah and he's listening for God and he sees this thunder, he sees all these storms, this earthquake, and it says God wasn't in those things. And then it says he heard a quiet whisper, and God was in the whisper. And so God speaks to us in the same way, and he often comes in this gentle whisper that can save your life, because you come to a point where you're headed in the wrong direction, and you need a gentle whisper from God to redirect your path. And so I think it's important that we understand that God has built us this way for a purpose, that when I'm heading off course, he gives me a gentle whisper. And if you're like me, and you're driving with your wife, and you're headed off course, my wife does not give me a gentle whisper. It's not a gentle whisper at all. 
She gives me a violent gasp or she hits me and I end up jerking the wheel farther off the road is what happens. But I'm telling you, she, it's, it's hard because when, when she doesn't try and warn me, she remembers something, she makes the same noise. Like at one point she'll say, oh, and, and I'll almost have a heart attack and it's because someone's about to hit us. And then the next time she'll say, oh, I forgot to tell you something. And I almost have a heart attack and think someone's about to kill us. It's not okay. Sorry, guys. This isn't therapy. I'll talk to about my therapist. I'm just kidding. But you know what the conscience is? It's something to hold you back from danger. And I want you to remember those last two words because often we think your conscience is something to hold you back. But God is not holding you back. He's holding you back from danger. God doesn't want to keep something from you. He wants to get something to you. And that's why we see different things in life and we think God is trying to hold us back. I really want to make that business deal. But I don't know. Uh, I feel all these alarms going off. And God is trying to keep us from danger. You know, say, I want to go out with those friends, but I know if I go out with those friends, I'm going to get into some bad things and things are going to end up badly again. And God is, I have these alarms going off because God is trying to keep me from danger. Or I want to jump into another relationship, but I have these internal alarms going off. I don't really feel good about that because God is trying to keep me from danger. You see, God is trying to keep us from Danger. He's not trying to keep, um, he's not trying to hold us back. You see, even if I don't feel it, you need to know this morning, God has your best in mind. And if you really believe that, that God is for you, then it's foolish to silence the voice of God. It's foolish to silence your conscience. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, which we read as part of our uh, sermon series uh, verses, it said, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. How unwise would it be to foolish the voice of God who wants only the best for me? But yet we find ourselves doing that sometimes. We silence that voice. How many of you get in your car and, and you're only going a short distance so you decide to yourself, I don't really need my seatbelt, but you hear that bing, 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 and it irritates you, doesn't it? It makes you so mad. You think to yourself, this stupid car, I wish it would just shut up. But yet this, this stupid car is actually trying to save my life. But, but I'm actually trying to silence the thing trying to save my life. And my question to you this morning is how many of us are so foolish that we're attacking our own bodyguard? How many of you are so foolish that you're attacking the own conscience that God gave you to save you from danger? To keep you from danger. Um, he's not trying to keep something from you. The truth is he's trying to get something to you. Because you think that that relationship is going to bring you joy, but God sees the end of that relationship and there's no joy involved. So if you'll listen to his voice, he can keep you from danger and actually get real joy to you if you'll listen to his voice. And he's, he's, he's trying to speak to us, but are you listening this morning because you can trust him? I mean, I think he proved that, right? He died on the cross for you. He proved his love for you. He proved that he'll do whatever it takes to get something to you because he cares about you. And so if you believe that you can trust God, then that that's gentle whisper is important. It's, it's settled. He gave you a conscience to hold you back from danger. Romans chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 says this, There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First the Jew, then for the Gentile, but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. You know, I think we think sometimes we know better and we go against our conscience. 
But God is saying, um, you will have peace and glory and honor if you listen to my voice and if you do the right things that he's leading you to do. So this morning, I want to give you three reasons to listen to your conscience. The first one is, the more you ignore it, the harder it is to hear it. You know, I walked into a dentist's office one time and I saw a sign they had hanging on the wall and it said, ignore your teeth and they will go away. That's the motivation to start flossing right there, isn't it? Um, And I love that because it's like that when it comes to conviction from our conscience. If we ignore the voice of God, he will leave us alone. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 says, Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So this scripture is telling us that there is a place you can get to in your life where your conscience is seared like with a hot iron. It's numb. Its nerves are dead. If you sear something with a hot iron, it's not going to feel anything. But the problem is, if we ignore the rumble strip, we end up on the shoulder. And then we hit the guardrail. And if you keep ignoring, you end up off a cliff. And if you keep ignoring, we end up with a cross on the side of the highway. The rumble strips are placed there for a purpose. God has given us rumble strips because he loves us. We ignore the rumble strip thinking it's just one little thing, but it becomes another thing. Because you know what? The, the enemy does not play checkers. The enemy plays chess. He is not thinking about his next move. He's thinking about six moves from now. That if I can get him to do this, and then this, and then this, and then this, checkmate. It started out as one little thing. Now it's checkmate into addiction. Checkmate into another broken relationship. Checkmate into having them give up on life. Checkmate. And but it just feels like one little thing. And if I just ignore this one rumble strip, it's not that big of a deal. The more you ignore the rumble strip, the less you will hear it. The second thing is the more you respond to it, the more you will anticipate it. The more you respond to the rumble strip, the easier it will become to hear it. You see, when you follow Jesus, you should um, begin to sense peace in your life when you're headed in the right direction. And then if you start heading in the wrong direction, you actually um, sense that that peace is gone. You feel that peace drift. Paul in Colossians, I love this uh, translation. It says, let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart. And so often we walk in directions we don't feel peace about and we're not really worried about. But the more we trust our conviction from God, the more we trust that peace to guide us, the more we'll recognize its pattern. And that's just wisdom. Wise people follow patterns. If you talk to someone who's into the stock market, guess what? They follow patterns. If you talk to someone who... Who, is in, who plays basketball, there's patterns in the game of basketball if you watch them and how they play and, and how you run plays. And there's patterns. If you talk to someone who surfs, they know the patterns of the waves. And that's how good surfers will do is they'll study the patterns because they get wise in that area. And if we want to be wise towards the things of God, we have to study patterns in the same way. Because when you start to respond to God's pattern, you'll realize later what he saved you from. I thought that would have been a great idea to get in that relationship, but now I see that would have been a terrible idea. Thank God for his peace and his guiding and the Holy Spirit, that gentle whisper that spoke to me. Oh, I really thought in the, in the late 80s, early 90s that that Nike swoosh tattoo would have been a great idea. But thank you, Jesus, that you didn't, that I didn't get it. Oh, man, and you know what? In, in 1998, I almost bought stock in Blockbuster. Praise God. Rest in peace, Blockbuster. But... Praise God that I didn't do that because I listened 
to the Holy Spirit. The more you respond to the rumble strip, also the less you will encounter it. You see, when we, start, when we start listening to it, we start anticipating the patterns of God and he doesn't even have to rumble me because now I'm leaning into the turns. I know God's will and his character for my life and I'm not getting rumbled near as often as I did 10 years ago because I'm keeping my hands on the wheel and I know God's pattern for my life. And when something comes along that seems tempting, I say, no, no, I don't go that way and I turn with God and then I don't even get rumbled anymore. In that way. I get rumbled, trust me, in other ways, but not as often as I did before because I'm understanding the patterns of God. Proverbs 22 3 says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. You see, there's a pattern to what God wants to do in my life, and there's also a pattern to how the enemy works. And if I can see that, I can make better choices. The enemy has patterns that he uses in our life to get to us and cause us to mess up. And I need you to know he doesn't mix it up that often. And you know why? Is because when the fish are biting, you don't have to change the bait. And so we can understand how the enemy works and we can see it from a mile away and actually avoid even getting rumbled because I'm turning and I'm following the patterns that God has for my life. You can't be blind to patterns. If you're like me and you grew up in the, and you were a teenager in the, in the 90s, I, I used to, I remember I walked up to Peter Piper Pizza like every Saturday morning with my allowance. I had, I got all these quarters and I played some Mortal Kombat. Anybody else here that didn't know Jesus in the 90s? Okay. But you know what happened is I realized now, I, play, I played a while back and I realized something strange. I still remember like the moves and like the fatalities from Mortal, from Mortal Kombat in the 90s. I haven't played it for like 20 years, and I still remember all the things. How many of you remember in Super Mario Brothers how to get to like the warp to go to like World 4 or 5? You remember that? You go up, you jump on top. You remember that? How long has it been? How many of you remember the Contra code? Anybody remember the Contra code? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B. Yeah, whatever. You remember it. And you know what else I realized? I know this is a lot about video games, but bear with me. I played Zelda, the first Zelda, a while back. And I still remember which bushes to burn because there's secret entrances. I remembered where to bomb, all these things. You know why? Because there's patterns involved. And in the same way, when I learn the patterns of God and I start to see things uh, before they even happen, there's these patterns of life, I, they make me better at life. And some of us keep falling into the same trap over and over. And I wonder, are we even paying attention to patterns? And you keep blaming everyone else for the situations you find yourself in. But God has been rumbling you through other people or through the Holy Spirit. And you keep saying, this is everyone else's fault. But you keep making the same mistakes over and over. God wants you to listen to the patterns. You want to get better at life, get better at studying the patterns of God. And he won't have to rumble you as much because you won't put yourself in places you shouldn't be. It's just wisdom. It's just wisdom. A lot of time we count on our strength and we say, I'll go to those places I shouldn't be because I'm strong and God's going to, no, no, no. That's just not wise. You know, I don't go to certain places because I know myself and I'm not going to fall into the same traps over and over. Proverbs 5 gives a great example. Uh, it says in Proverbs 5, in Brent's words, it says, you're going to want to date this girl, all right? It's, it's, it's a wise man talking to this boy. He's like, you're going to want to date this girl, but don't, okay? Because it's going to end badly. It's going to be bad news. Just don't do it. Um, she's going to seem amazing, but in the end, you're going to end up with heartache, so don't date this girl. And then in verse 8, it goes on to even say, keep to a path far from her. 
do not go near the door of her house. It's saying, don't even go hang out with her. Stay away. Use wisdom because she's going to seduce you in. In the same way, like I just started this low-carb thing, and I'm not doing good at all. Pray for me in Jesus' name. Um, but you know what? If I'm doing a low-carb thing, but I really like Krispy Kreme, ice, or Krispy Kreme donuts coffee, I can't go to Krispy Kreme to get coffee. I need to get my coffee somewhere else. I'm doing a low-carb thing. Am I crazy? And so the thing is, is we got to make these choices because if I ignore my conscience, it gets quieter, but it gets louder if I lean into it. And here's the best part, okay? I saved the best part for last. The easier easier it is for God to lead you, the more places there are that you can be taken to. The easier it is for God to lead you, the more places there are that you can be taken to. Horses, if you know anything about horses, horses that are wild and stubborn will stay in the pen. But horses that can be trusted and trust their trainer, they can be taken out on the trail and be taken to the mountaintop because they're obedient. And because they can be trusted, they can go places the other horses can't go. In the Middle East, they train these Arabian horses. And these Arabian horses, they have this strict training, and they go through all of this, and then at the end of their training, the trainers actually keep their horses from drinking water for days at a time. And then after these, these horses are severely dehydrated, they cut them loose and the horses run directly for water and right before they get to the water, they whistle for them to see as if they're going to be obedient or if they're going to be able to be trusted because if you can't be trusted for this challenge and you can't be trusted in the desert for your trainer. And so the horses will then come back severely dehydrated. All they want is water, but they'll listen to their master. And then they know this horse is ready to be used to things that, for things that other horses cannot be used for. We can go places because God knows if he says go somewhere, you're going to do it. And God says, if you trust me in this way, you're going to do it. You're not going to stop and say, wait a second, God, I don't really feel that. You're going to say, God, if you said do it, I'll do it. And he can take you to places because of your obedience, because you are listening to his rumble strip and you're being directed and guided by him, not by your desires like those horses. They could have gotten a drink if they wanted, but they would not have been able to be trusted with as much as they are trusted with if they couldn't be trusted by their master. In the same way, God wants to trust you with some things. He wants to take you somewhere. The rumble is not just about the rumble. God's not in heaven saying, all right, Gabriel, watch this. No, Brent. (laughs) That's awesome. No, he's not doing that. He's not saying no to say no. He's saying no to something because he wants to keep you from danger because he wants to know you can listen to him so he can take you places. He wants to do something through you, but you got to be able to be obedient and listen to the rumble strip. Another example, if you don't know anything about horses... I don't know much about horses. I'm not saying I do, but if you don't know anything about horses, is Jen and I, we love to take our kids with us on trips like we're planning on doing this week. We love to take our kids, and you know why I can trust my kids on these trips? Because my kids are road warriors. They can sit in a car all day, and they don't complain. They don't even say, I'm complaining more than my kids are complaining, but they've been born and raised in that. And so you know what? I never think to myself, we shouldn't take our kids. It's too much trouble. But other kids, they can't go to the same place as my kids can go to because they can't handle those car rides, which is okay. But I know I can trust my kids to go to those places because they can handle it. 
And God wants to take you to some places, um, and he wants to be able to trust you to go to those places, but can you handle it? My kids can handle a long car ride. They don't need, I mean, they got their iPads or tablets or something that get them through. Now, we used to make up games in the car or play those tiny little, remember those tiny little board games you brought in the car? They were magnets, and they're like this big. They don't have to mess around with that anymore. They don't play slug bug anymore. But they can go to different places because they can be trusted in the car. And I wonder this morning where your lack of responsiveness to God is limiting him from taking you. Where does God want to take you, but he cannot take you because you refuse to respond to the rumble strip of God. And yet to this point, he hasn't been able to trust you. I think God wants to take you. He wants to trust you with something. I wonder what he wants your life to look like. I wonder what he wants your career to look like. I wonder what he wants your ministry to look like. I wonder what he wants your marriage to look like if you will respond to his rumble strip because he's speaking to you. And maybe you've quieted it. Can I get the worship team to come back up and help me? Maybe you haven't listened to it for a long time, but if you'll just say, God, if you want me to go this way, okay. God, if you want me to go that way, I will trust you. I will follow you because you know what? The world is waiting to see what one surrendered life to God can do. There's an old evangelist that said that the world is yet to see what God can do with a fully surrendered life. I just wonder if there's anybody here this morning that says, I'll do it, God. That'll be me. I'll listen to your voice and I'll let you guide me. Ephesians 5, 17 said this. We read it earlier. It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You see, that's the payoff of all this. The payoff of all this is you get to see what God's will for you is. Some of you have been so busy trying to live for your will and pushing away the will of God out of your life that you don't even know what it would, your life would look like if you lived in God's will. But if you remind yourself God is for you and not against you, that he's already proven his love for you and that everything he wants for you is good, then you can say, God, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I want to see what my life looks like if I just surrender it to you and I trust you with those things. Because a lack of pliability limits his opportunity to give you what he wants to give you. So there's two things I want to close with that you can do to keep your life from wasting its potential. God has potential in us that, that starts with obedience to him and responding to the quiet whisper. And the first thing that you can do to respond to the quiet whisper is get quiet. You see, if God's voice is quiet, and I want to hear it, I have to get quiet. And life is full of noise. We don't know how to be silent. We've forgotten what it's like to sit and just listen. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You can't fall asleep without the TV on. Anybody here like that? So we can't, we can't ride in the car without the radio on. You can't use the bathroom without your phone, okay? You don't know how to be still and silent. We've forgotten. We, we can't sit through a church service without looking at our phone. Ooh, that hurt. But I want to ask you this morning, when do we have space? If you say you want to hear from God, when do you allow yourself space to be quiet and listen for a quiet whisper? 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I just believe this morning there's some people that are desperately want to hear your voice, God. But the noise around them has just felt like it just is constant and there's nothing they can do. But God, I believe this morning you're just, you're just convicting some people and saying, create some space for me. Create some margin in your life where I can speak. Because we get so busy doing things and good things can become bad things when they get in the way of God things. This morning, we just believe that we're going to put aside things, God, to hear from you. God, what have you been trying to say to us that we haven't heard because of the noise? The second thing you can do to hear the gentle whisper this morning, and this is my last point, is ask yourself, what was the last thing God told you to do that you didn't do? And also, what's the last thing he told you not to do, but you did? Because you know what I've realized happens is there's this awkwardness that comes into a relationship when, you, when something like that happens. And it's the same with God. I had a friend for, um, a while back who our relationship was just strained. And before we had a good relationship where communication was just flowing. And then he had something hard happen in his life. And all of a sudden it was like, what happened? He stopped communicating and it broke down and there was this awkwardness between us. But then we came to a point and I asked and said, what's going on? And, and it was like there was this moment of healing and all of a sudden the well broke open and he just started to lay everything out and just spill it all out, what he'd been holding back because of this pain. And I need you to know this morning, in the same way, you didn't do what God told you to do. And you, there's this awkwardness between you. But I, I want to tell you this morning, God wants to speak to you again. He's not mad at you. He wants to speak to his children because he loves you. And, he, and he, wants you to, he wants you to open up your ears to hear his will for your life. But Brenda, it's so awkward. I haven't talked to God in a long time or I haven't heard from God. I don't even know where to start. I want to tell you this morning, how did you get into this? One step at a time. How are you going to get out of this? One step at a time. One step towards Jesus. One step towards moving towards God this week. One step towards obeying. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just believe this morning, God, that there's some people here who've shut themselves off to your voice. But right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this place. Bring conviction. Bring rumble strip back into our lives, God. We want to see your will for our lives. God, I pray for some people in here who've been dealing with bitterness and hurt and pain that, is, that has distanced them from other people and distanced them from you. God, I'm just believing this morning that your Holy Spirit is the great comforter who wants to come in and bring healing, Lord. So this disruption in your relationship with them and hearing from you because they've been pushing away the rumble strip that tells them to forgive. But this morning, God, we just invite you in. Will you do that with me this morning? We just say, Jesus, we just invite you to come in and direct my life, Lord. When I want to say something, I shouldn't say, I pray there's a rumble strip that says, no, 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 and quiets my heart, Lord. God, when I want to go in a direction that you're not calling me, and when I want to jump the gun and start something that you promised to me, but it's not in the right season, I pray your Holy Spirit would come and quiet my soul and just say, no, no, not yet. Father, we want to be led by your spirit. Your church needs to be led by your spirit, God. I pray there's an awakening of hearing your voice in this church and in this city, God, because the city needs you greater than ever. We need you more than ever, Lord. And I'm asking this morning, God, that you would release your voice back into our hearts, God, that we would hear directly your will for our lives. When we get into conversations, I pray you're going to give us the words to speak because we're hearing you. Father, we want to hear you in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, will everyone bow your head and close your eyes with me?
if you're here this morning and and maybe you didn't realize it until this morning when I was talking, but the Holy Spirit's saying there's been some disruption of my voice in your life, and I want to speak to you again. I want to break down every awkwardness or, or wall that's been built up from you hearing from me, from me with nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to see your hands. Who, who's here that says, God, I want to hear from you again? God, I'm sorry that I didn't do what you asked me to do before, and I, and I caused your voice to be silenced. God, I'm sorry that that I wasn't listening, but God, I want to listen again. Father, you see every hand in this place, Lord. These are people that want to fully surrender their life to you, God, not because you want to take anything from them, because you want to get something to them, and you want to take them to places. God, we'll be a church that obeys. We'll be a people that says, God, would you say go, I'll go. Whatever you say do, I'll do it. Will you stand up to your feet with me this morning? We're going to worship for a couple minutes. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come up front, and we're also going to get to baptize a couple people this morning. One of them is my six-year-old daughter who's been begging me to get baptized, so I get to do that this morning. But I want to encourage you, while I go get ready to get baptized, will you worship with us for a couple minutes? And I just want to ask you, if you're here this morning and you need to hear from God, I want to ask you to come up. Maybe you raised your hand during that, during that moment of prayer. I want to ask you to come up and open up and just tell these prayer, prayer teams, that, you know what, I need prayer. I need to hear from God. I believe God can speak to you through them. He's going to speak to you through them. He's going to speak to you through his word. He's going to speak to you personally, right to your heart. Come on, let's worship him for a couple minutes.